ओम तुमेव माता च पिता तुमेव तुमेव बंधुश्च सका तुमेव तुमेव विद्याद्रविणम तुमेव तुमेव सर्व मम देव देव श्री दक्षिणामूर्तिषिकेन्द्रम द्वैपायनम सूत्रकृत मुनींद्रम श्रीशंकरष्यतम मध्येशिकंचा नमा विद्यई ओं नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्म विद्यासंप्रदायकर्तृभ्यो वंशिभ्यो महद्यो नमो गुरुभ्य सर्वोपलबरहित प्रज्ञानगण प्रत्यगर्त ब्रह्मवाहमस्मी ओम पार्ताय प्रतिबोधिता भगवता नारायणन स्वयं व्यासेन ग्रथितां मुनिना मध्ये महाभारत अद्वैतामृतवर्षिणी भगवती अष्टादशाध्यायिनी अंबत्वामुसंदधा भगवदीतेषिणी नमोस्तुते व्यास विशालबुद्धे पुलाय तपत्रनेत्र येन या भारततैलपूर्ण प्रज्वालित ज्ञानमय प्रदीप प्रपन्न पारिजातायत्रेत्रकानमुद्रा कृष्णा गीतामृतदुहे नम सर्वोपनिषदो गावो दुग्धा गोपालनंदन पार्थवत्सुदीर्भोक्ता दुग्ध गीतामृत महत् वसुदेवसुत देव कंसचाणूरमर्दनम देवकी परमानंदम कृष्ण वंदे जगद्गु भीष्मद्रोणतता जयद्रतजलाधारणीलोत्पलाल्यग्राहवती कृपेण वहनी कर्णेन वेलाकुला अश्वत्म विकर्ण घोरमकरा दुर्योधनावर्तिनी सोतीर्ना खलु पांडवैरनदी कईवर्तक केशव पाराशर्यवचस्सरोजमल गीतागंडोत्कटम नाख्यानकसर हरिकता संबोधनाबोदिता लोके सज्जन षटपदरहर पेपीयम मुदा भूयाद्भारतपंकज कलिमल प्रग्वंसी नेयसे मूकं कौति वाचा पंगुम लंगयते गिरीम यत्तमहम वंदे परमानंदमाधव यं ब्रह्मवरुणेन्द्ररुद्रमरुत स्तुन्वती दिव्यस्तवैदक्रमोपनिषदायानवस्थितगतेन मनसा पश्यिगिन यस्यां विधुस्सुरासुरगणा देवाय तस्म नम ओं कृष्णा परमात्मे नम प्रणाम सुब्रीवन सो लास्ट वीक वी हेड सीन दि अंटिल लास्ट वीक वी हेड सीन ऑल द ट्वेंटी वैल्यूज दट भगवान हेड गिवन इन चैप्टर थर्टीन एंड दोज ट्वेंटी वैल्यूज भगवान कॉल्स दम एस ज्ञानम इन दट चैप्टर तो इसस एक ज्ञानमी प्रोक्त दीस् वैल्यूज आर् कॉल्ड एस ज्ञानम वाट आर दोस् ट्वेंटी वैल्यूज विल जस्ट क्विकली डू ए क्विक रीका अमाव अमाव इज बेसिकली ह्यूमिलिटी और नाट सीकिंग रेकग्निशन दट इज अमाव 
then adambitvam adambitvam is simplicity or being non pretentious adambitvam then ahimsa ahimsa is basically not hurting others at all three levels physically verbally and mentally ahimsa then we saw shanti shanti has got multiple meanings we saw one is basically titiksha forbearance or endurance ability to withstand difficult situations and then kshama kshama is basically forgiveness ability to forgive others that is considered both of them come under kshanti then arjavam arjavam is basically uprightness or we can say straightforwardness straightforwardness the the definition is basically when our body when our mind action and the words are aligned then it is called as arjavam the opposite of it is vakram and we also saw that satyam is a subset of this arjavam that is arjavam that is five then the sixth one is acharya upasanam acharya upasanam which is nothing but guru seva doing seva to the guru that was sixth one then saucham seventh one was saucham saucham was basically purity both external purity as well as internal purity both purity around us cleanliness around us cleanliness in the mind as well so that is saucham and what is the cleanliness in the mind basically no raga dvesham no kama krodha lobha moham then sthairyam sthairyam is basically steadfastness ability to actually in this journey we will keep failing we will keep falling down but we should not lose our steadfastness we should be focused on the goal sthairyam then atma vinigraha atma vinigraha basically we saw that to be the discipline of body and mind basically samaha and damaha in we being disciplined being control having control over the body and sense organs that is atma vinigraha then indriyarthe vairagyam indriyarthe vairagyam is basically the dispassion dispassion on sensory pleasures again we saw that is not about it is not about creating an aversion it is about ability to overcome that addiction overcome that attachment that is indriyarthe vairagyam so those are the 10 then the 11th one we saw as anahankaraha anahankaraha means without that garvam without this basically this non identification of the body not identifying ourselves with this body anahankaraha then the 12th one was dukkha dosha anudarshanam dukkha dosha anudarshanam basically pondering over the misery of samsara samsara the problem is we we have to 
జన్మ మృత్యు జరావ్యాధి దుఃఖ దోష అనుదర్శనం ది సంసార ఇస్ క్రియేషన్ దిస్ వాట్ ఇస్ సంసార సంసార ఇస్ బేసిక్లీ దిస్ బర్త్ డెత్ సైకిల్ అండ్ దిస్ బర్త్ డెత్ సైకిల్ దెర్ ఈస్ లాట్ ఆఫ్ దుఃఖం అండ్ దట్ ఈస్ అ దోషం అండ్ దట్ వీ హ్యావ్ టు కీప్ పాండరింగ్ అబౌట్ దట్ వాస్ వాల్యూ ట్వెల్వ్ దట్ భగవాన్ మెన్షన్ దెన్ థర్టీన్త్ హీ సెట్ అసక్తి అసక్తి ఈజ్ బేసిక్లీ యాబ్సెన్స్ ఆఫ్ ఎనీ అటాచ్మెంట్ నాట్ గెటింగ్ అటాచ్ టు ఎనీథింగ్ దెన్ అనభిష్వంగ అనభిష్వంగ వాస్ ఫోర్టీన్త్ వన్ అనభిష్వంగ ఇన్ పర్టికులర్ భగవాన్ మెన్షన్ అబౌట్ పుత్రధార గృహాదిషు పుత్ర విచ్ ఇస్ బేసిక్లీ సన్స్ డాటర్స్ చిల్డ్రన్ ధారా స్పౌస్ గృహ మీన్స్ హౌస్ ఆర్ పొసెషన్స్ ఎక్సెట్రా హ్యాబ్సెన్స్ ఆఫ్ హ్యావింగ్ దిస్ సెన్స్ ఆఫ్ దిస్ ఇస్ మైన్ దట్ హ్యాబ్సెన్స్ ఆఫ్ దిస్ సెన్స్ ఆఫ్ మైన్నెస్ యూ కెన్ సే విత్ రిగార్డ్స్ టు ఆల్ దీస్ థింగ్స్ దట్ ఈస్ అనభిష్వంగ then 15th value he said samachittatvam samachittatvam means constant equipoise constant equipoise of the mind and when both in favorable and unfavorable conditions both when it is actually favorable to our body unfavorable to our body when we are when we are weak physically that time also we should be equipoise we should not get angry we should not get upset when mentally we are weak also we should be able to take it because we should be able to understand that mind is also an object given to us so anabish uh, samachit tatva it was 15 then 16th was bhakti and bhakti bhagavan had actually mentioned it has to be complete it had to be unswerving devotion towards bhagavan so that is bhakti that was 16 then 17 was vivikta desha sevitvam vivikta desha sevitvam we saw as seeking solitude seeking solitude devoid of basically not just people but also devoid of asaucham basically where it is clean we have to look for a clean place and devoid of abhayam we should not have any fear we should not say seeking solitude and then sit in a place and then be afraid of things that we are alone so seeking solitude vivek vivikta desha sevitva then 18th was arati jana samsadi not desiring people's company and we saw what kind of people basically anybody who are either adharmic or even materialistic even if they are materialistic avoiding their company being in satsanga that is arati jana samsadi then we saw 19th to be tatva gnanartha darshanam tatva gnanartha darshanam bringing forth the benefit of this knowledge of truth this truth what is the benefit that it is going to give us what is the jeevan mukti lakshana what is the videha mukti lakshana we have to keep bringing it again and again in our mind to understand what is the benefit that we are going to be 
we are going to get being in this path that is tattva jnanartha darshanam and then finally the 20th one was adhyatma jnana nityatvam basically constant and complete constant and complete atma vichara what is atma what is anatma what is dhritrishya viveka what is this pancha kosha lakshana pancha kosha vilakshana what is this um, all the atma vichara concepts we have to do it shravana manana nididhyasana that is basically adhyatma jnana nityatva so those are the 20 values that bhagavan had given and as swami dayananda used to say a value is a value for me only when i see the value of the value as valuable to me it's quite kind of a lot of values there but what he means what that means is basically that value can be only if i am able to see that value or behind it only if i see the benefit of that value it becomes value it becomes a value for me say for example if someone it is very common these days right if someone is has say honesty as a virtue some people some some people are they have this good value of honesty others might come back and say others will come to him and say you know these days these things it will not work honesty will not work too much of honesty will not work you should be you will not be able to survive they kind of feed these things small small what i would call little drops of poison you know it might be look harmless in the beginning in the beginning and people might also think that in this world it is not possible to live honesty honestly so you will have to be a little bit of dishonest here and there that is not true it means they don't have any value for that value and not only that not only they don't have value for that value they are also trying to convert others so it is one thing that already we are not following it but to convert others into being dishonest is even more it's already we are doing some papa we are taking on more papa by converting others as well so we will have to understand that those advices that kind of advices shastras call them as asuropanishad we know upanishad right upanishad is basically the the words from bhagavan as gathered by the rishis but these kind of basically those are teachings from bhagavan asura upanishad is basically teachings from asuras so shastras call them as asura upanishads and they term these people as asuras and what happens generally if we are weak uh, we will follow their advice especially if we see the other person to be successful materially successful then we we actually value the words of the other person and then we try to follow that person whatever the person says so we'll have to be aware of it we'll have to be wary of that and 
all these 20 values when do i how will i be able to follow it only when i desire those things the example is see when i value something rather when do i desire something when do i desire something only when i value that for example i value a car that gives me a prestige that gives me comfort that gives me that gives me um, some kind of uh, uh, comfort and prestige in my in, for my life they are a big house if i value it then i start desiring it when i don't value something i will not desire for it and once i start having desire for that suppose if i start desiring for a big house i have value i think the big house will give will have will give me a lot of comfort will give me a lot of happiness then i desire for it and once i desire for it i will work for it i will put in that effort so in the same way for all these values i will have to first give it the value i will have to say this is something that i would want to have in my as my personality then the moment i find that i want to have this as my personality i will desire for it i will desire that to be my personality then once i desire for it i will put in effort for it so this is how we will have to go first we will have to find that this is valuable enough for me and then once it is valuable enough for me i will have to desire for it and once i desire for it i will put in the effort for it and initially remember when these values are not there in me i should have a small amount of guilt in me these days it is very common to be proud of those things some people proud that are proud that if i get angry things will turn around things will be uh, uh, the whole house will turn upside down that is that is the opposite of the and that there is the opposite end of the spectrum we should have a little amount of guilt that we don't have these values but we should not have too much of guilt also because if we have too much of guilt we will not be focusing on acquiring it so have a little bit of guilt so that we are pursuing this but not too much of guilt and the shastras by going through these values and by teaching all these things it actually gives a reflection of our mind it basically when we reflect when we read the shastras more and more deeper and deeper we will be able to get a reflection of our mind we will be able to understand what are our strengths what are our weaknesses and then from there we have to start improving we have to look at things that we have to improve as in corporate terms they say opportunities for us to improve so this is important remember this all these values are only for self application only it is not for judgment it is for self judgment only it is for self reflection it is for self judgment the problem is once we learn these values we start tending we tend to 
look at others and then say oh this person does not have he has got too much of manitvam that person is dambam this person is got him doing himsa we try to judge others the idea behind learning these things is not for that it is for self reflection and it is not for judging or criticizing others it is for our reflection and our improvement the thing is once we read these shastras we will be able to know others even better we will be able to see through others even better but we should not use that for criticizing them we should not use them that for insulting them we should just understand that these are how things are these is how people are these are how people are and but we should be focused on improving our own self once we know these kind of people it also helps us to understand who are the satsanga who are who belong to dutsanga so we have to avoid that dutsanga we we'll have to stay away from them and we identify the satsanga through these values and stay with them the final thing about this is remember bhakti bhakti is very important throughout bhakti has to be used as a means to fight failure when we when we pursue all these values multiple times we will fail when we fail we have to use bhakti as a means to come back pray bhagwan that give me the strength to overcome this of course i have failed but give me the strength to overcome this so we have to keep bhakti as a tool to fight and overcome all these failures and achieve all the values so that is chapter 13 a quick summary as i said the next chapter that we will be taking up is chapter 16 now we had seen only four shlokas of chapter 13 now we will be seeing the entire chapter 16 and then we will move on to the further chapters so we will take chapter 16 today any questions or comments right now before we move on to chapter 16 okay now chapter 16 is called as devi asuri sampat vibhaga yoga devi asuri devi asura deiva asura sampat vibhaga yoga see we saw 20 values in 13 chapter now this seems this will be almost like a continuation there here again we will be seeing more values but these values there will be some may be overlap and there are some new values that bhagwan would give them here which we will see them in detail as well here again you have to refer to that introduction that we had on chapter 13 in terms of how to inculcate these values remember we had discussed about um, how to inculcate these values there are 13 steps that we talked about keeping an open mind um avoiding non acceptance i talked about artha darshanam basically benefits of having that value and then we saw anartha darshanam you know the f- problems of not having this value 
satsanga as a tool to actually over uh, get these values uh, doing some some kind of pariharam whenever we actually falter giving ourselves some self some punishment to overcome that or pampering ourselves with some self gift we talked about about 12 to 13 things of how to inculcate these values so you may want to refer those the same thing holds good for all these values as well so deva asura sampat vibhaga yoga so here bhagwan is going to give good values or virtues as well as bad character he is going to list them both so but before we go into those into those lokas we'll do some bit of vichara some some bit of introduction is needed so we'll go through that we some of these terms would have we would have already discussed in introduction to vedanta but we'll go through it again remember every jeeva has got three gunas every jeeva has got three gunas sattva rajas tamas so every one of us is made of a mixture of these three gunas sattva rajas tamas but the only thing is that the percentage is different some people the sattva guna is predominant some people the rajoguna is predominant and in for some people tamoguna is predominant so whenever sattva guna is predominant we saw we call that person as sattva pradhana person sattva pradhana similarly rajo pradhana and tamo pradhana depending on which is predominant which guna is predominant now tamo pradhana people tamas if they have too much of tamas they are generally krodha pradhana people they have this inner verup in tamil we say verup krodha pradhana people they believe in parahimsa they 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 during you know doing harm to others is their nature is their swabhava parahimsa and generally these people they get happy on seeing others unhappy when others are unhappy when they see that they become generally happy or they get happy when they see other persons being harmed you know either physically or even verbally if some people is being harmed uh, or insulted they generally feel happy these are these are tamo pradhana people tamo pradhana people and generally these these people there is this feeling of taking revenge i want to take revenge that feeling will be constantly lingering this is called this is the, these are the characteristics of tamo pradhana people for example some people you know uh, they take pleasure in hurting people when they see any other animal or or an insect or, or a bird they want to throw stone at a dog they want to hit a cow with a stick or they want to stamp an insect out you know they generally take pleasure in hurting others these are tamo pradhana people 
what about rajo again i mean tamo pradhana people has got multiple definitions depending on where what we are discussing here as we are discussing values this definition holds good for this particular context generally tamo pradhana is also considered to be lazy uh, we have other characteristics to define tamo pradhana also in this context of discussing values we will say tamo pradhana people are basically krodha pradhana people they they like to hurt others and they feel happy when they are they see others unhappy this is tamo pradhana then rajo pradhana is basically raga pradhana these are people full of desires they have lot of desires and for them fulfilling desires is their primary purpose so if you ask them what is the purpose of their life they would have a list of things to do and they would say that is my purpose of life and in the list of things are all their desires i want to do this i want to do this i want to do that i have to see this i have to achieve that that's all and generally they get happy on getting their desires fulfilled whenever they get their desires fulfilled they get feel happy and to get their desires fulfilled they don't mind hurting others they don't generally hurt others it is not their intention but to get their desires fulfilled if they have to hurt others they wouldn't mind it hurting others is not their main intention but they are selfish so those are rajo pradhana people or raga pradhana people shastras define these two in this context here in this manner and shastras call these two people these two categories of people as asuri sampat sampat means wealth sampat means wealth asuri sampat means people who have got these characteristics as their wealth and shastras call them as asuras or rakshasas and remember asuras or rakshasas are not defined by their physical features now after reading amarchitra katha we'll think that asura should be dark big burly big nose horn in their head not necessarily shastras define the asuras and rakshasas through their gunas okay not through their physical appearance so these two categories of people are called as asuri sampat people and people who have sattva pradana who have sattva pradana people those people the shastras call them as daivi sampat daivi sampat and what is this sattva pradana how do you recognize them sattva pradana people follow ahimsa they do not harm others they do not harm others neither through body nor through words and nor through mind also they don't they don't have any ill feeling towards anybody they have what is known as shubha vasana good vasana mangala vasana their 
their samskaras are good they have good impressions in their mind their character is of good nature their we call it as prakriti their prakriti is sattva pradhana their nature is sattva pradhana so asuri sampatti is basically rajo pradhana and tamo pradhana daivi sampatti is sattva pradhana now bhagavan is going to give two lists daivi sampat basically gunas that we need to bring into our personality that we need to acquire daivi sampat and bhagavan is also going to give asuri sampat gunas or qualities that we need to we should not bring we need not bring because it is already there in our personality many of these asuri sampat are already there in our personality we need not bring it from anywhere only thing we have to do is we need to remove them from our character and if it is not there we should ensure that it does not become our personality so those are asuri sampat one may question why why asuri sampat is it not enough if i know what i should acquire we need to understand asuri sampat also because we need to understand what is it that we should not bring into our personality also if we don't do any spiritual sadhana if we don't do any spiritual sadhana the asuri sampat by nature by itself will become our personality if we just don't do any sadhana if we say we are kind of um agnostics people might these days are very common atheists and agnostics if you don't do any spiritual sadhana by nature it is easy to catch all this asuri sampat so we should know what we should not acquire we should understand who is our enemy first people around us are not our enemy our relations are not our enemy our neighbors are not our enemy our colleagues are not our enemy our own character is our enemy our own dur character our own dur uh, asuri sampat is our enemy that we should understand again when we are discussing this daivi sampat asuri sampat it, this is not for judging others it is for self reflection only everybody every one of us is actually have got some daivi sampat we always have some daivi sampat but we also have some asuri sampat a question is how long are we in daivi sampat mode how long are we in asuri sampat mode we have to reflect and we'll have to see how we can extend that daivi sampat then the next question will come if i am extending my daivi sampat or if i am acquiring this daivi sampat what is the benefit what is the benefit of having this daivi sampat see vedas have certain injections right we call them as orders we call them as vidhi there is something called vidhi and there is something called nishedam vedas talk about do's and don'ts 
why should we know? So, Vedas have certain injunctions, orders that are vidhi or do's and they have some nishedams or don'ts. So, people who have this Shubhavasana, people who have this Shubhavasana, they will have interest or what we call as pravrti. There will be some pravrti for them in performing these vidhis. Whoever has got this Shubhavasana, their samskaras are good. If their samskaras are good, they will automatically do this, perform these vidhis. And by nature, if people have got the Shubhavasana, the Shubh Samskara, they will not have any interest in performing all these Nishedams or Don'ts. Or they will have Nivrti towards this Nishedams. They will have Pravrti towards Vidhi and they will have Nivrti towards Nishedams. So, having this Daivi Sampat more and more, we will be able to live according to the Vedas and by living according to the manual, we will be able to achieve the objective of our life better. When, whenever a good is produced, a manual is produced together. Similarly, when the world was created, the manual was created along with the world, which is the Vedas. And if we live according to the manual, we will be able to achieve the objective or the purpose of our life. And to live according to the manual, to live according to the do's and don'ts, a person having this Daivi Sampat, having this Shubha Samskara, Shubha Vasana, that person will be able to easily adapt himself or herself to the do's and don'ts. So that is the benefit of having this Daivi Sampat. And remember another thing is, remember when we are, we are here to get this final knowledge. Ultimately, the, the end goal is to get this knowledge of Aham Brahmasmi or Tattva Masi. And why we are not able to get it? Because our ignorance is covering this knowledge. We have to remove the ignorance to get this knowledge. The knowledge is that I am Brahman. Ignorance is I am the body-mind complex. So I think I am the body-mind complex, whereas the Shastra says I am the Brahman. I am the all-pervading consciousness principle. That's what the Shastra says. But I see myself as limited to this body and mind. So I am ignorant. Now I have to remove this ignorance to get that knowledge. And Shastra says, typically there are three obstructions. Three obstructions when we try to remove this ignorance. Three obstructions. Number one, Pramana Asambhavana. Pramana Asambhavana is, there is an issue. Pramana means instrument. Asambhavana or fault. So, there is a fault in the instrument of that knowledge. Knowledge is also, instrument of knowledge is also known as Karanam. 
so what is the instrument of knowledge that we use we use these five sense organs plus the mind plus intellect as the instrument for gaining knowledge suppose if i say this ball is red in color that book is brown in color the wall is white in color i what am i using to get this knowledge i am using my eyes i as an instrument to understand the color and the shape of the object so i is my instrument of my knowledge similarly when i say okay there is a flight going past me going past now that means i'm using my ears ears as an instrument to know get that knowledge that there is a flight passing by so the sense organs are my instruments of knowledge in the same manner the mind is also an instrument of knowledge my intellect is also an instrument of knowledge shastra says the problem that we can get when we are trying to remove ignorance is if my instrument is faulty if my eyes are faulty if i have got color blindness then i will not be able to differentiate between colors so my instrument can be faulty and therefore my knowledge that i get can also be wrong for example another example is cataract in the eye cataract in the eye so is the reason that i am not able to read the book so in spite of the subject that is i and the object which is the book both are being there the subject and object are there but i am not able to get the knowledge that's because my i if there is a cataract in my eyes i am not able to read it and therefore i am not able to remove my ignorance so there is an issue in my pratyaksha pramana pramana meaning instrument of knowledge pratyaksha pramana means here it is one of the five sense organs and whenever there is a fault or a problem or an issue or a flaw in my instrument of knowledge then two things can happen one i can i can be completely ignorant i may not have any knowledge about anything so i might completely be still in agnana state in ignorance state or i could have a misunderstanding of things i could read it but i could read it wrongly therefore i could get a viparita gnana so either i will be able to get and be in the state of agnana or i could have a viparita gnana so this is a because i have got a faulty pramana sometimes for example when someone speaks instead of taking the meaning from the words that they speak what i will do we will try to read the intentions behind those words we will say so we will try we will leave that pratyaksha pramana whatever the words that are there which is evident i will leave it and i will rely on my anumana pramana inference i will infer things and by inference i will i will arrive at a knowledge again that could be totally wrong also it could be a viparita gnana also and if by actually inferring the people behind and not taking their words 
but by taking their intent behind things generally most of the times we will get it wrong only we will get it wrong but we will not accept it also we will say oh, this time they may be i was wrong but mostly i am right we will try to we'll never try to accept that there is a fault in our way of understanding we we will continue to do that we will not agree that there is a problem in our pramana in a, in the instrument of knowledge that we use we have used it wrongly we will not accept it and because of which relations also get spoiled because we use the wrong pramana instead of the pratyaksha pramana we use lot of anumana pramana when we see especially in in whatsapp text and others when you can't identify the tone when you can't we will always try to infer it wrongly saying that the other person is trying to insult me it's actually not giving me enough things we will try to put we will try to add more than what the actual person says or means it and because of which our relations get spoiled our understanding gets spoiled we our mind gets spoiled but we will not mind it we will continue to live the way we are because our ego is high anyway now for this atmagnana for this atmagnana the pramanam for the atmagnana is not our five sense organs this the object of our knowledge the, the the instrument of knowledge for atmagnana are mainly guru and shastras shastras bhagavad gita upanishads those are my pramana guru and shastras so we have to understand if the guru teaches dvaita that the world is actually real what does dvaita philosophy teach dvaita philosophy teaches that the world is real and it also says you and brahman are different that is dvaita philosophy so if the person gives importance to all the dvaita vakyas within the upanishad so remember the vedas have got dvaita vakyas as well as advaita vakyas so if the person gives importance to the dvaita vakyas then for them it is called as we can say them as pramana asambhavana because they have not been able to use the instrument of knowledge properly and because of which they it has caused the obstruction for getting that gnana getting that gnana of aham brahmasmi so this is pramana asambhavana one 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 way that we are uh, one way of obstruction of getting that knowledge or removing ignorance pramana asambhavana so we can actually extend the second one is basically prameya sambhavana basically there are only three things one is instrument subject object we had seen instrument faulty 
the other fault can also be in the object also the other one can also be in the subject so the second one is basically we are talking about prameya asambhavana or the fault in the object for example my eyes are good we go back to the eyes book example my eyes are good but if the book is itself is closed with a cloth or a paper then there is no point in rubbing my eyes there is no point in cleaning my eyes to get that knowledge because the fault is not with the pramana the fault is with prameya object and in shastra tarka shastra actually it it talks in detail about how and when this prameya sambhavana can happen how and when this issue or flaw or fault in the object can happen for example if the object is too far away then the fault can happen i see an object at, at a at a distance i am not able to make it out whether it is a cow or a horse or a horse or a donkey there is no fault in my eyes but just that the object is too far then i am not able to make it out or if the object is too close if too close to my eyes i am not able to read the words are not clear so if the object is too far or if the object is too near or if there is darkness around there is book the book is also open my eyes are also open my eyes are good i am able to read i can read but if there is darkness then also i cannot read so that is also another reason why an obstruction can happen now if we apply this with regards to the self knowledge the knowledge about brahman the knowledge about brahman then the brahman is self effulgent the brahman is self effulgent but it is so subtle it's a subtler than subtle it's called sukshmatvam and if the object of knowledge is so subtle then we will not be able to get that knowledge because normally when i see i have lost my keys suppose if i have lost my keys or my eye glasses i generally search around the house to see whether my keys are there my eye glasses are there but then later on i realize that my eye glasses are actually on top of my forehead and i have been searching around it all through the house the entire house what has been the cause that i have not been able to get this because it has been too close to me that i have not been able to realize that it is there so here is an example of when the object is too close to me i am not able to realize that it is or when the 
keys are in my pant pocket or my trousers pocket and i am not able to and i have been searching all through the house then also we miss it and we need whenever it is too close also we need to take more effort so this is prameya asambhavana so then the third one is basically pramatir asiddhi or the subject is the subject is there a subject is got a problem so if the suppose only if the subject is there pramata prameyam pramanam pramata is subject the subject is there only if the subject is there the pramanam the instrument can be used to understand the object prameyam so if a student goes to a class say he is only fifth standard student grade 5 class 5 whatever and this person goes to a msc physics class obviously he will not be able to understand he could be getting the words this person could be able to understand the words but he will not be able to understand the meaning behind it so the intellect of the person is not ready if the intellect of the person is not ready or if the person is not qualified also then he cannot be a pramata or there is a problem with the pramatir pramatir asiddhi we say only if the subject or the person who is supposed to get the knowledge is also qualified if the object is also not too close or not too far away and if it is available for experience and only if you have the right instrument pramanam then only we will be able to remove this ignorance only then this jnana this knowledge will go through so in this case of this vedantic knowledge it is not just the intellect and mind that needs to be ready and qualified it is not just the i got the intellect i'll be able to understand the words of aham brahmasmi or tattvamasi i am able to understand the meaning that is not good enough there is something more that is known as sadhana chatushtayam we had already seen sadhana chatushtayam sadhana chatushtayam is viveka vairagya shatka sampatti and mumukshutvam we had seen that in the introduction to vedanta we'll be again seeing it this sadhana chatushtayam is also called as daivi sampat daivi sampat by bhagavan refers to sadhana chatushtayam or the necessary qualifications that one needs to have to be able to grasp this knowledge of aham brahmasmi or tattvamasi and be able to apply that make that knowledge as part of our one's personality and whatever that has to be removed from our personality whatever that has to be taken away from us whatever that need should not be brought into our personality is called as asuri sampat as i said sampat means wealth we think money house all this uh, 
possessions car relations people we say that these are our wealth though that wealth will not give us peace of mind there will be always some kind of irritations issues in all those wealth but these good virtues this daivi sampat will give us peace of mind all other things are all external they can come they can leave but once these good qualities become part of our personality nobody can take it away from us money somebody else can take away relations somebody else can take away possessions somebody can take away we can lose things in our life but the good qualities that once we acquire and if nobody can take it away unless we decide to drop them so these are called as these are the real wealth wealth is something that has to be within with, within our control so only the good qualities daivi sampat can be termed as wealth now with this introduction we will go on to the, the shloka from the next class any questions or comments i saw there was a question why should we not convert to something that will bring happiness and peace on this earth i'm not able to get the question or the context behind the question can you explain please okay manisha ji okay okay we will see this in the next class if there is still this doubt this doubt doubt persist then we'll see them in the next class om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate om shanti shanti shantihi स्वस्ति प्रजाभ्य पिपालयताेन मगेन महिमयीषा गोब्राह्मणेभ्यो शुभमस्तु नि लोकासमस्ता सुखिनो हरि हरिओं श्रीकृत नमः